Welcome to the Disney Planning Insights Podcast, brought to you by Princesses and the Mouse of Disney Travel. On today's episode, we will be talking about how to get to Disney World and how to get around the parks. Welcome to the DPI Podcast. My name is Matt, and today we're going to be talking about how to get around Disney and how we're going to get there. So, Peter, you know, there's a couple ways to get down there driving and flying, and I know you've got the camper, so tell us a little bit about driving down to Disney. Matt, the first thing you have to decide is definitely whether you're going to drive or fly. Now, both of them have their pluses and minuses, but you have to decide essentially what you want your travel to look like because if you drive it's obviously going to take significantly more time but I will say that it is likely going to come at a much lower cost. Now depending where you are the driving or flying might be a no-brainer. If I'm from one of the southern states like Mississippi or Alabama or Arkansas or one of the Carolinas then driving might not be that big a deal because you're looking at a drive that might be at or under 10 hours. But if you're coming from the west coast or even up where Matt and I are from in Indiana to drive down to Disney is a 15 hour endeavor. So now we have to decide if we're going to take this in two shots or if we're going to take it all on in one overnight, which is the way that we normally do. We normally leave here around four or five in the afternoon and that puts us into Disney around seven or eight in the morning the next morning and my wife and I trade back and forth. So you really have to do a cost benefit analysis for the savings versus the exhaustion of the trip and how you're then going to have to take that on the return trip. The way down is not really the big thing you have to consider. It's the way back. As somebody who has tried to spend a full day in the park and then make it all the way up to Atlanta, oh boy, it was a bad decision. And now we just try to make it to about Valdosta at the Florida line. So when doing this, you really have to take all of those things into account. Now, there are some advantages to driving. Matt mentioned that my family and I, we do have a travel trailer. And so taking our camper down there is a really unique experience that a lot of people out there listening might have at their disposal. And so taking my camper down opens up Fort Wilderness for me and lets me set up my camper and feel at home well at Disney, but sometimes we don't take our camper and we still choose driving. So then we have to decide if we're going to have our car with us the entire time, in which case it opens up hotel parking fees as something that we then need to budget for. And we also need to think about the wear and tear on our vehicle because to go down to Florida and back for me is a 2000 mile round trip. So that's a oil change on top of the driving and everything else like that. Once you think about it, I do have a pro tip though, if you are considering driving and that is renting a car. You can choose to rent a car from where you live and return it to where you live but that's still going to open up the parking fees that is going to hit you for parking that rental car at the hotel for the duration of your stay. Now you still save the wear and tear on your vehicle obviously but a rental car, here's the super pro tip and I have worked it out to perfection. You can get a one-way rental from your location and choose the drop-off location of the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin Resort because they have a car rental counter for Hertz and Alamo and it might be a couple others as well. And so you can get a one-way rental from your place down to the counter at the Swan and Dolphin Resort. So what you're going to do there is you're going to drive your rental car into your resort, tell them that the car is not staying and they'll check you in as a ride share arriver. Matt's 
going to cover that here in a little bit. Drop all of your luggage with guest services and ask them to place it into your room. And if you're a generous individual, toss them a couple of bucks while you hand it to Bell Services and ask them to put it in your room once it's ready. Then you and your family can drive over to the Swan and Dolphin Resort, turn in your rental, and from there quickly ride a boat to Epcot or Hollywood Studios, which I'll go through in a little bit more detail here shortly as well. Then on your last day, make your last day in Epcot or Hollywood Studios, or just get a bus over to the boardwalk area and grab that rental car from that counter. Your family can either stay back at the resort swimming and relaxing while you just go over and do that or they could always come with you to the park and then you just leave from the park. You swing back into your hotel to pick up your baggage that you've checked with Bell Services, holding it until you come back, pack up the car and head back out. So I can eliminate that parking service fee by just simply establishing two one-day rentals and use those car rental counters at the Disney Swan and Dolphin Resort to my advantage to really make driving a lot more cost-effective. A little bit more difficult, but a lot more cost-effective. The other way, and obviously the quicker way, is going to be flying, and Matt's going to talk about that. Yeah, so flying into Disney is pretty straightforward. Other than there are a few airports within close proximity to the parks or close enough proximity to where you might not always think about flying into Orlando International Airport. I like to take first flight out in the morning, last flight back at, in the evening when I'm leaving. Um, that might be, not be your cup of tea, but you're going to save a lot of time by flying. You know, most flights from around the country are under three hours. So it gets you down there relatively quick. You can make that first day that you're experiencing your Disney vacation, a full park day if you get up early in the morning, and you can still do some stuff around the parks on your last day if you're flying out the evening of your departure. Now, there are some advantages of flying into MCO, and Peter's going to talk about those. Absolutely. So as Matt mentioned, there are several airports that you can fly into. You could fly into Tampa, you could fly into Orlando Sanford, but MCO is the one that we really recommend that you fly into. And the main reason for that is because when you fly in and out of MCO, Disney has a free service called the Magical Express. If you are an on-site resort guest, you then have access to the Magical Express free of charge. And so one of the big things if you fly in is you have to figure out how to get from the airport to where I'm staying. And so if I fly into MCO, the Magical Express is going to take me there. When I come out of my terminal into the main area. I'm going to head to the left to the far side and go down to the ground level and go all the way to the end of that walkway. And once you come out of the gate area, the security area, you'll look to the left and you'll immediately start seeing signs for Magical Express. So don't worry, you can just follow those down to where that Magical Express area is. But you can check in there and then you're going to board a motor coach and it's going to take you approximately 45 minutes to maybe an hour with waiting for the bus to get ready to depart and the actual process of going because they might drop off at several resorts as they move through their drop-off schedule getting you all to where you're going. But the Magical Express is amazing because I don't have to then worry about paying for getting from the airport to the resort or 
before getting from the resort back to the airport on my final day. The Magical Express will do that for me. There is one mild drawback and that's on the departure day. Magical Express picks up from your resort approximately three hours before your flight, which can be a little bit early and cause you sitting around MCO wishing that you were still riding Slinky Dog Dash or whatever out at the park. Um, One pro tip about Magical Express, and I don't know if Disney necessarily wants me to share this with you, but if I'm staying at a resort, I can actually change my Magical Express to any resort that I want. So for example, my son and I just went down there and we had an all-star music resort reservation, but my first day was in Magic Kingdom and I'd already taken advantage of the Magical Express baggage service. If you have Magical Express, you can put these special yellow tags around your baggage and then you never need to visit baggage claim Disney individuals will grab those bags off of the conveyor for you put them in a van and deliver them to your resort for you and they'll be waiting in your room so that you never need to touch your bags from when you check it before you take off to when they're sitting in your room at your Walt Disney World Resort and so we had already done that with our suitcase and we knew we were going to Magic Kingdom so we switched our location and we rode the bus to Wilderness Lodge so that we could then ride the boat across and just sort of take in getting to Disney in a different way. You could also do that going to the Grand Floridian or whatever to ride the monorail around to Magic Kingdom. So that Magical Express service is really great, but the bags might take several hours to get to your resort. So you need to visualize what your first day is going to look like and know what you need with you in your carry-on because maybe you want to get there and just go straight to the pool. Well, your bag's going to be several hours so you're not going to be able to go straight to the pool unless your swimsuits are in your carry-on luggage along with you on that airplane. So one more thing on the Magical Express Peter not only do they take care of your baggage when you get to the parks but all of the resorts have an airline check-in somewhere around their check-in check-out area that will take your luggage on your departure day and they will deliver it to the airport get it on your plane and the next time you'll see it is at your baggage claim when you get back to your home airport. So it works kind of both ways to where you can use that that service to try and keep your baggage touch as, as minimal as possible and save you a couple of extra stops going through the airports. Absolutely, Matt. And that's a really good point to bring up. So Magical Express has the baggage benefit, it has the travel benefit, and so flying into MCO is the only place where you can get that Magical Express. I will also say that according to Disney policy, you must have flight in and out information to take advantage of that because I've had clients try to fly into Sanford and then get over to MCO and Disney kind of frowns on that. Now I do think if you just walk up to the counter without it scheduled, and you are staying on property, I think they will take you to your resort, but getting back over to MCO might be a difficult challenge for you. So if you were to try to do that like one day rental car from your home city to MCO, because obviously that has all the major rental counters, I would think you might be able to get on Magical Express, but you're really opening yourself up for some potential difficulties if you can't provide flight information in and out of MCO to the Disney cast member that are working that travel service there at the airport. Matt, let's say the Magical Express doesn't sound like something I want to do. Maybe I want to get to the parks quicker or for whatever reason, uh, maybe riding on a motor coach doesn't sound like my cup of tea. What are some other ways our listeners can get from their airports 
to the resort area, or maybe we're flying into Sanford or Tampa. Yeah, so there, there are multiple options. The first one is going to be your rideshare option. So just like any airport, you can catch an Uber or a Lyft, or now there's multiple rideshare services beyond that even, that you can set up on your phone, get picked up at the airport, and they'll drop you off wherever you ask them to drop you off. Specific to MCO, Disney has its own rideshare service, and it's through the Lyft app, and they're called minivans. And they're going to be decorated um, Chevy Traverses and Tahoes that they'll come pick you up and drop you off at your resort or drop you off at the park. And they get get some exclusive access that normal rideshare services don't get. So you also have just a normal car rental, which you've got all the counters there at MCO or whatever airport you fly into. But one drawback of that is it's going to give you that overnight parking fee at your Walt Disney World Resort. But one nice thing is if you are staying on property, and that's going to be at your Walt Disney World Resort, resorts or the Swan and Dolphin Resort, they provide complimentary parking at the parks. So if you want to drive your car to and from the parks, all you do is basically scan your magic band or show them your card from Swan and Dolphin and they'll let you park there for free. And that saves you about $25 per day each day you go to the park. That's a really wonderful point, Matt. So in a little while, we're going to talk about how we travel around the Disney property. And if those things don't appeal to you as we talk about that, this might be a really good option for you whether you're driving or flying to get that rental car pay that little per day fee but then you're in complete control of your travel and your parking and everything like that and you're not relying on Disney's transportation schedule so the last one is going to be booking yourself a shuttle like a mega bus or something like that to where you can ride to the parks with multiple families or multiple different people and and it's kind of like a, a mass rideshare service and that's something that you can set up ahead of time to and from the airport and that kind of thing. What that does is that gets you to and from. You don't have the car to worry about while you're there and it just gives you another option. Okay Matt, so it seems like we've done a really good job explaining how we're going to get from our airport to the resorts or how we're gonna get from home down to Disney. But now, of course, the big thing is once I get there, how in the world do I get around? So it's gonna be really important to our viewers as they plan their trips and look at things that they understand what transportation options are available from their specific resort. Because every resort based on its location is going to have different transportation options. In fact, while you're booking your resort, this would be a really important thing to research or talk to with your travel agent to understand how you're going to be able to move around and how that all fits into your daily planning, especially when considering something like the park hopper, it wouldn't be very wise in my opinion to park hop from Animal Kingdom to Hollywood Studios in a day, but it might be really smart to go from Magic Kingdom to Epcot or Epcot to Hollywood Studios or vice versa on any of those just because of the transportation lines that are available. So Matt and I are going to talk about these different transportation lines. And I think, Matt, the best place to start is the iconic transportation line that Disney has that's kind of unique. There are some in other areas of the world, but really unique to Walt Disney World is that monorail. So tell us what lines are available, what does it connect, and tell us all about the monorail experience. The monorail is the iconic transportation around the Magic Kingdom properties. So what this is, it is it is a train that is on a concrete track around three of the resorts and Magic Kingdom Park for one of the lines. And it's a to and from line, so it's a, it's a circular loop 
one side is going to be an express loop from the Ticket and Transportation Center to Magic Kingdom and then back around the other side of the loop. And Matt, what is the Ticket and Transportation Center? So the Ticket and Transportation Center is kind of like the multi-axis point for the monorail and the boat system. So if you are driving into Magic Kingdom in your own car or using a rideshare service or using a bus line that is outside of the in-resort busing system that Disney provides, they're going to drop you off at what's called the Ticket and Transportation Center. This is where you pick up your tickets for Magic Kingdom if you're buying them day of. This is where you're going to get dropped off and you're going to go through security as well. There are two stations at the Ticket and Transportation Center. One is going to provide both lines at Magic Kingdom. One's going to go between the resorts and Magic Kingdom. So you have the Polynesian, the Grand Floridian, Magic Kingdom, and the Contemporary Resort on that line. The other line is an express loop around between the Ticket and Transportation Center and Magic Kingdom. And that's where they're going to kind of guide you to. But if you have a dining reservation at one of those other locations or you just want to stop at those other one of those other resorts, you can get on the resort line. The other station is going to be the loop to and from Epcot. So you can get to Epcot by parking at Magic Kingdom and vice versa. You can park at Epcot and get to Magic Kingdom if you don't want to deal with that hustle and bustle and use the park at Magic Kingdom and get on the, the shuttles there. So what the monorail does is it, it kind of gives you an in-area transportation system that's really, really cool. And it's a, it's a neat experience. And it's one of those things that you kind of have to to do the last trip that my the last trip that my family and I went we actually didn't have a chance to use the monorail system to get anywhere within the parks. So in our out-of-park day, we got on the monorail and just rode it around because it's a lot of fun. It's it's cool to see all the areas. It gives you some air-conditioned time off to where you can sit down and, and kind of relax. So the next type of transportation is something else that you can catch at the Ticket and Transportation Center and also multiple other areas around the resort is the boat service. So Peter, can you tell us a little bit about the boat service? Yeah, Matt, and I'm glad you led into that by telling our listeners that the Ticket and Transportation Center also does have a boat service. So when you get in through security, if you look straight ahead, you're going to see all those monorail platforms that Matt just mentioned. You're going to see the Express Magic Kingdom, the Resort Magic Kingdom, and the Epcot Loop as well up there. If you look down over to the left, you're going to see this big boat dock where these large ferries are going to park. And this ferry is an express ferry that goes from the Ticket Transportation Center straight over to the dock at Magic Kingdom. And these are a lot of fun, especially if you have little kids. They really love riding this ferry boat, and it's a really unique and cool way to ride in and start or end your Magic Kingdom day. Now, as Matt mentioned, that ferry is available at the Ticket and Transportation Center, and it's very large, but there are lots of other smaller boat services that fit significantly less guests on them that aren't just strictly made for the movement of large amounts of people. Depending on where your resort is, you might see in the transportation options, you might see boat. Now it's really important to understand where the boat will take you depending on where you're staying. If you are at the contemporary Polynesian Grand Floridian, you can ride the monorail. You can also ride a boat service that will take you over to the Magic Kingdom. In addition to those three resorts, the Fort Wilderness Campground 
Underground and Disney's Wilderness Lodge and accompanying villas also have a boat service that runs from their dock over to the Magic Kingdom. So I mentioned earlier in the podcast how my son and I took advantage of that when we went recently. So if you stay at any of those five places, when it says boat service, it only means to Magic Kingdom. Over in the Epcot area, you have the Swan and Dolphin, which we talk about in a different podcast. You also have the Boardwalk Inn, the Yacht Club, and the Beach Club. Now, all of those hotels are on a boat loop that connects Hollywood Studios and Epcot and the Boardwalk and Beach Club Yacht Club area. So if you board that boat, it's going to go through a series of five stops, depending on where you're at in the loop. It's going to go from Hollywood Studios through Swan and Dolphin, come over to the Yacht and Beach Club, over to the Boardwalk side of the lake, and then finally to Epcot before repeating that loop in reverse order. And so if I am on those hotels, I need to understand that boat service is only going to take me to Hollywood Studios and Epcot. Or if I'm park hopping between those, that is an option available for me as well. Or if I have one of those reservations like Trattoria El Forno we talked about in a previous podcast, I can take a bus or other transportation to Hollywood Studios and then ride a boat around to the boardwalk and there I am ready to go. Now there are a couple of resorts that have boat access to Disney Springs as well. There are and so that's really really important to recognize because if you check in for Port Orleans or Saratoga Springs you're going to see boat as a transportation option. So you might think oh cool I can ride a boat somewhere. The boat transportation at those resorts just takes you over to the Disney Springs area not to an actual park. So it's really really important to understand where you're located and what the boat service is going to offer you. Now that pretty much wraps up the boat service. So Matt, why don't you talk about the new option to Disney transportation, something that you and I are really excited about riding in our upcoming trips, the Disney Skyliner. Yeah. And, and like Peter said, uh, I'm really excited about the Skyliner. We're actually staying at Pop Century on our next trip just so we can be on the Skyliner loop. So what the Skyliner is, it is a raised gondola system. So think about ski lifts at nice resorts, how they have those enclosed gondolas. That's what this is going to be. And it is going to connect from the island between Art of Animation and Pop Century to Caribbean Beach to the Riviera and then also have lines to Hollywood Studios and to Epcot. So what this is, is it's going to be a continuous loop station. So think about your omni-transit rides, your omni-mover rides, the rides that continue to move like the Haunted Mansion or Peter Pan's Flight. It's going to be the same type of system where you're going to come up into a loading station, the gondolas are going to be moving, and you're going to board your gondola as it's moving, and it's going to take you to your next stop. Now there's going to be four stations with this setup. There's going to be the station at Art of Animation and Pop Century. There's going to be a transit station at Caribbean Beach. And then there's going to be one at Hollywood Studios that's at the front of the park and one at Epcot that's at the back of the park where the boat service comes in. This is going to be a cool new 
system. They're saying that the longest ride is only going to be about 15 minutes, and that would be from the Art of Animation Island all the way to Epcot, which is comparable to the bus system to get there. It's, it's actually a pretty good option. I'm really interested to see how the crowd moves through it. If there's going to be a transition at that Caribbean beach station to where you have to change gondolas, depending on what line you go on. So um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this, how this plays out, but it's a really cool system. Get online, take a look at them. They're all got really cool wraps on them. They've got a lot of characters and that kind of stuff. One thing about it is they have said there is not going to be air conditioning in these gondolas. So they've designed them to where they can withstand the heat of Florida. They're going to have some windows that can be cracked open, have some ventilation, but really kind of watch them and, and, and do some research on them as we are to see how people are reacting to them and, and what they're what they're talking about with this system. Um, it sounds like each gondola is going to be able to hold six to ten people, depending on if you got kids, there are going to be handicap options. So if you've got the scooter or a wheelchair or taken a stroller with you, there are going to be options. There are going to have some big open spaces to where you can get on a little bit slower. So it's, uh, there's a lot of things that we're kind of watching and, and, and learning as they as they come available. But that's going to be, like I said, it's going to connect Art of Animation and Pop Century, Caribbean Beach, and then the new Riviera Resort when it opens in December with Hollywood Studios and Epcot. Now, the next thing that we're going to talk about is probably the most common transportation around the parks. That's going to be the Disney bus system. So Peter, why don't you talk about the Disney bus system? Absolutely, Matt. So some of the resorts that you're staying at, as he and I have already mentioned, are going to have other transportation options. Maybe they have the monorail, maybe they have the boat system, maybe they have the Skyliner, but all of them have a bus system. So the Disney bus system rides you from your resort to several different locations. You're going to have a stop at your resort that is going to take you to any of the four theme parks. So that's Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, and Epcot. It will also take you to the two water parks and Disney Springs and the boardwalk area. So you're going to be able to find buses that are going to take you to any of those places. Now, the four theme parks are the most frequent buses that are going to show up at your resorts. They say that they run at approximately 15 minute intervals. And in my experience, that holds to be true. Somewhere in the 12 to 15 minute range, that bus is going to come rolling up. It's going to load and it might be even more frequent than that, depending on how the bus drivers maneuver through traffic. But Disney transportation does a really good job trying to stack them out and make sure because a bus driver I found out recently a bus driver doesn't just drive a loop a bus driver gets sent to wherever they need to and so there's a hub of transportation telling drivers okay you just dropped off this now grab this hotel and then at that hotel grab this park and so it, it just constantly moves in a very fluid manner to make sure that they're keeping those nice time intervals and also doing their best to try and keep your weight down because depending on when you leave some resorts will have no line and other resorts will have huge lines depending on which resort you're staying at and just sort of luck of the draw on when other people from your resort decided to leave the park. So Disney works really hard to kind of keep those going. In terms of what to expect on the buses, it's exactly like a mass transit bus system. So when you go in, you're going to have a series of side facing seats and a series of front or back facing seats. And you're also going to have standing room where you're going to have access to poles and other things for stability. So in those more peak bus times, like early in the morning as the park is opening or right 
after the park closes, you might find yourself in a very crowded bus having to stand and hold on to children. Hopefully there's some good Samaritans out there. I know for myself, I always get my wife a seat and put my daughter on her lap. And then my nine-year-old and I, we try to just stand when we know that the bus is going to be crowded to make way for another parent with a small child. But there have been times when my four-year-old is clinging to my leg and I'm clinging to a pole because we do want to get back to the resort. So the bus system is always available. Your experience is going to vary based on where your resort is. For example, if I'm staying at the Wilderness Lodge and I'm going to Magic Kingdom or even Epcot, there's a lot of options because I could get creative and ride a boat. I could ride a boat to then get access to the monorail. There's a lot of different things that I can do. So the bus experience is going to be much more laid back and relaxed. Whereas if I stay at something like an all-star music or one of the other all-star resorts, the only way in and out of there is by riding a bus. So I'm going to expect longer queue lines, more crowded bus services. It's just going to be a different feeling when I go in and out of the parks utilizing those Disney bus systems. So then maybe one of those ideas like having that rental car to where I can drive myself to and from those resorts. But even the Pop Century and Art of Animation, some of those value resorts have the Skyliner option available. So I'm really intrigued at how that going to influence the amount of people traveling in those bus lines. If I go to Hollywood Studios or Epcot, I might start seeing some diminished ride lines, but Magic Kingdom's still going to be a pretty decent bus experience, a pretty decent line. Well, it looks like, you know, the resorts that have only the bus system tend to be the ones that are the busiest. So at your value resorts and even some of your moderates where the bus system is the only mode of transportation around the parks, you're going to see those longer wait times and those larger queue lines. One thing to remember with the bus system is now, if anything is in the Disney Springs area, like Typhoon Lagoon, the buses are going to go to Disney Springs and you're actually going to change buses at Disney Springs to get over to the other water park. So make sure when you're looking at that, a lot of them will say Disney Springs slash Typhoon Lagoon now. Make sure you're getting on the bus that gets you to where you want to go. So we've talked about most of the Disney transit within Walt Disney World Resort. There is one option that we talked about a little bit during the airport section called the minivan. The minivan is a ride-sharing service through Lyft that gives you that, that Lyft experience, but with a Disney touch. All the vehicles are themed. They all have a, a Minnie Mouse wrap on them. They're really cute. They play Disney music depending on where you're going. The soundtrack changes. The drivers are all extremely knowledgeable about the parks and have come from different backgrounds and have a lot of good talking experience. And not only can you take this from your resort to the parks? You can take it from resort to resort. You can take it from resort to the cruise ship and you can take it from resort to the airport. So they give you some different options, but keep in mind if you're going anywhere in Walt Disney World, it is the minivans are only going to stay within the property. They will not go outside of the property. So you can't take a minivan to Universal Studios. Yeah, Matt, that's a really good point. And beyond the minivans, you can use ride shares in general. So I can take an Uber or a Lyft. There are ways to get wherever you want to go utilizing free Disney transportation. So even if I have a reservation at the 
the beach club for Minnie's Beach Bash Breakfast, I can take a bus from my resort to one of the parks. Now, in that case, I would recommend taking a bus to Hollywood Studios or Animal Kingdom. You wouldn't take an Epcot bus because Epcot doesn't have buses that go from the front of the park to those back behind Epcot resorts. And that would be something to kind of talk to with your concierge or your travel agent. But I can get anywhere I want to go with Disney transportation, but I also might not want to take the time to take the Disney transportation. Because in the example that I just said, if I'm staying at Wilderness Lodge and I don't have park tickets that day, so now I have to ride a bus to maybe Hollywood Studios and then ride a bus to Beach Club, it's going to take me some time. It's going to probably take that whole process is going to be well over an hour to make that happen. Whereas I can get a ride share and an Uber can just pick me up straight at my resort, take me straight to that resort in a grand total of 10 to 15 minutes. So there is a time versus budgetary consideration because if you have the extra $15, $20 to do that, then absolutely by all means do it. But if you're really trying to, to hold back the budget, then you really have to budget in the time for how long it's going to take you to jump around the Disney transportation. The one tip on that is when traveling to Magic Kingdom in a standard Uber or a standard Lyft, the minivans kind of get to work around this because they're that special one that Matt was talking about. But a standard Uber or Lyft, if going to the Magic Kingdom Park, will drop you off at that TTC that Matt and I got done talking about a little while ago. So a pro tip, if you're taking an Uber and trying to go to Magic Kingdom in a standard Uber or Lyft, book it to the Contemporary Resort because the Contemporary Resort is a quick five to 10 minute walkway from the Contemporary Resort to the Magic Kingdom front gate that will then put you closer and not drop you at the TTC with sometimes up to a half hour of security and waiting for the monorail or ferry boat to then get your way to Magic Kingdom. So if you are in a crunch for time trying to get to a BR guest reservation or a Cinderella's Royal Table, book it to the Contemporary, otherwise you're going to get dropped in TTC and you would have been better off just boarding a bus from your resort at that point because it would have dropped you off at the front gate. And Peter, that's a great point because there are some resorts that you can actually walk to the parks from. So the Contemporary, you can walk to Magic Kingdom. Uh, Disney's in the process of building a path from the Grand Floridian to the Magic Kingdom. So that's going to open up both the Polynesian and the Grand Floridian to be able to walk, even though the Polynesian is going to be quite a walk. It's going to be a 15, 20 minute walk. Matt, that's a really good point. And there's even a walking trail that can take you from all of those Epcot area resorts to Hollywood Studios. It's about, it, it's a decent walk. It'll take you probably about 10 to 15 minutes, but I can walk out of Hollywood Studios and be in the world showcase side of Epcot in under 20 minutes if I'm just willing to take on about a mile walk. So there are walking paths as well to be aware of as Matt's kind of pointing out here. I think that takes care about everything that we want to talk about with the transportation. If you do have any questions about the transportation around the parks, let us know because we can we can help you out and get you around the parks a lot better than, you know, even a standard travel agent can. We've been there, we've done that, we know we know how to get around and all those tips and tricks. So thanks for listening today and if you have any questions, let us know. Get in touch with us on the Facebook pages or through the website. Thank you and have a good day. Turn your Disney dream into a magical Disney vacation with Princesses and the Mouse Disney Travel. Contact us at any of these options or learn more by clicking the website link below.